Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee. And this is the Autosport Podcast. Welcome to Autosports. Look back and analysis of day one of testing in Bahrain ahead of the new F1 season. I'll be joined today by our Grand Prix editor, Alex Kalanokis, and GP Racing Magazine's editor, Stuart Codling. Now, before we get to our guys who are in Bahrain, let me take you through the timings. Not the timings matter hugely because this is testing, but world champion Max Verstappen and Red Bull did top the timesheets with a 1 minute 32.837. They also put in a stunning 157 laps with Max behind the wheel. Most teams opting to run two drivers on day one and changing over at lunchtime, doing the seat fittings, etc. But they chose to leave Max in the car all day. Now, Fernando Alonso had an unfortunate start to his Aston Martin career with some damage. That took a while to repair when he did finally come out. Bit of a glory run. I mean, if this is real pace, oh, come on, it's testing. There's no pace really on day one. But still, uh, Fernando Alonso in green in the Aston Martin uh, put in 60 laps in the end uh, for a time of 132.866. The Ferraris of Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc would follow alongside, uh, or just ahead of rather, McLaren's Lando Norris and the first of the Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton. Alex Albon in the first of the Williams in seventh, followed by Joe Guan Yu in the Alfa Romeo, George Russell and Logan Sargent. Great to see him making his debut in the Williams in tenth place. Talking of Williams, by the way, they together put in over 150 laps and or just under actually uh, and a, a really solid display of reliability for Williams flow viz paint a go-go as they're working out uh, all about their car now let's start with talking about today and starting with Alex uh, you're part of the team that we've sent over to Bahrain to cover testing a familiar name at the top of the timings here Max Verstappen leading the way uh, we got to see the actual RB19 up close They've got to be happy with today's work. Well, I think uh, you definitely prefer to finish at the top of the times than basically anywhere else. But no, you're right, Martin. That summary there is pretty good. They can have, frankly, no no real complaints. I mean, I'm sure there are all the usual nickels going on in testing and everything will come out soon enough or, well, depending on how uh, how tightly controlled Red Bull's uh, media machine is. 
but uh, but yeah great start as you say we saw the RB19 for the first time very very similar to the RB18 I don't know I guess it's because Ripple have a reputation of being you know incredibly uh, developing very well and introducing new ideas for their aero parts so you sort of you're a bit disappointed when it's not like a suddenly doesn't look like a totally different car uh, but it dominated the championship last year so no real reason to, to change of course for Red Bull and as we know now it was how well the car was riding compared to its uh, compared to its rivals that really made the difference so yeah nearly 160 laps for Red Bull uh, sort of low fanfare as I said uh, but you mentioned Martin you know it's great to see the cars back on track again how good they look on TV I was really really lucky to go out and spend actually a couple of hours trackside today and, uh, and I must say if the Red Bull in particular it looks pretty much as it did last year running very very stiff but not wildly bouncing not looking out of control or anything it's, it's planted and poised throughout all the corners so yeah really strong start for Red Bull and Codders, I want to talk about testing times because, yes, it's testing. No one's chasing performance and hot laps today. But remember, this morning they did 602 laps in total. Compare that to 449 this time last year on the first morning of Bahrain testing. But last year, we'd already spent three days in Barcelona. So they really did hit the ground and get some data. So we did see the Red Bull car today. What do you think of Max and the team topping the timesheets? Very, very impressive. So yeah, three words. Um, So that's getting on for two and a half Grand Prix distances completed for Max today, over 150 laps and largely uneventful. I think if uh, the the, the only negative thing that we saw uh, happen was uh, his mechanics accidentally dropped the car off its rear jack without the rear wheels attached uh, late on with about an hour to go before the end of the running. But apart from that, pretty seamless. A lot of flow vis around the car, which uh, really helped us watching track sides and on the monitors in the press room to sort of pick out the curves and contours of where that car has changed. And it's very, very dramatically undercut around the side pods compared with last year is the uh, the sort of the headline change. But in common with quite a lot of the other cars, the, the nose has a sort of a, a slimmer aspect when viewed in profile. So when you're looking at it from head on, it looks more or less the same. If you look at the nose from side on, you can sort of see where they've been trying to shave weight away and gain some aerodynamic benefit. And the the, the science that must have gone into making those noses past the crash test is pretty incredible. Now, Red Bull put Max in the car all day today, and most teams, the other teams, did a lunchtime driver swap because this track will come to the cars. The best of the performance will be as the temperatures dip down uh, on the last day of testing. When the track fully rubbers in, hopefully we'll see some teams chasing some performance then, uh, maybe taking some fuel out, but Max will be nowhere near the circuit. He'll be on his, you know, have his feet up somewhere uh, and uh, watching all this on F1 TV. And so what does that say about the confidence of Red Bull and Max Verstappen there he'll just do his runs and then leave while everyone else is still at the track and uh <laughs> you know uh, and doing their final bits when 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 Checo Perez will be in the car what does that say about Red Bull says a lot about Red Bull's confidence says a lot about Max's ability and his maturity to step away from the car at that point you know it used to be that he was a guy who had to win every session and his his ambition and dare I say it, a little bit of ego and competitiveness wouldn't allow him to walk away 
if if his name wasn't at the top of the timesheets or potentially at the top of the timesheets. So for for him to be able to walk away from the test halfway through and allow his teammate to get in the car and take it over when, as you say, theoretically, uh, you know, conditions might be better, uh, it, it shows confidence in himself, shows he's happy in his own skin, shows the team doesn't really need to be setting massively quick lap times at this point in the season. It, it's all about getting the car dialed in and certainly the, the reliability and the pace it's shown so far with the caveat that testing times aren't particularly important uh, is pretty impressive. All right, Alex, let's talk uh, Ferrari next. They did move their head of strategy to a factory role. Uh, I'm sure that's not a demotion, simply moving people around. <laughs> <laughs> the team as they need to uh, but look no seriously though Ferrari it's impossible to say because they weren't chasing pace today they were doing loads of aero setup work and there were stays on the car and cameras pointing at various bits which were flexing or not flexing but you were track side what do you think about how Ferrari looked today oh so I think certainly uh, a much more interesting day let's put it that way for Ferrari as you say, Martin, still close in terms of the times, but uh, also to, to, to make a point for when those goosefying comments come in, I think at this particular time, there's been absolutely no performance running. You know, it's all about doing exactly what the teams wanted to do today, which is rack up the miles, get that reliability uh, built in. And obviously, that's a big focus for Ferrari, looking at how 2022 ended up. But also, yeah, you, you mentioned the sort of new stories coming out around the strategy team. That will have, uh, you know, raised interest in the team. But I don't know if uh, it, it was picked up, certainly uh, in, the, in the morning run, the nose panel at the front of the Ferrari was sort of flexing really oddly and you really don't want to be doing that that sort of aero surface uh, that was absolutely not for performance reasons before anybody gets carried away thinking about flexy noses or whatever it's understood there was just a little bit of uh, support structure that sits behind that part of the nose actually missing and they very quickly fix that so yeah not not a big drama there at Ferrari despite the fact it looked uh, rather amusing uh, sort of in the afternoon when Charles Leclerc took over from Carlos Sainz things were a little bit more stop start in terms of the run plan uh, but I say that's nothing to be concerned about uh, on the surface um, what was interesting and this is also picked up by the TV cameras uh, was that the car does appear to be bouncing quite a lot more than uh, certainly a lot of the other cars, particularly the Red Bull. Now, obviously, that's really the news because of the fact that the you know that the, the floors were raised to be higher, the rules were changed to eliminate porpoising. So, I asked uh, Frederick Vasseur about that in the press conference. I asked Toto Wolff about that as well because Mercedes, of course, last year very closely linked with porpoising, and both of them said it's not doing that. It's hitting a bump. There's a big bump on the entry into turn 12. Uh, I went out and watched that uh, as, the, as, the, as the sun came down, the evening rolled in. All the cars are hitting it, but the Ferrari is quite dramatic, actually. Uh, and there's another big bump uh, just opposite the pit exit on the run down to turn one that is triggering what does look like porpoising. But the team is absolutely clear. Uh, Vasseur said it's not as it was one year ago where the car was bouncing like a kangaroo. So that's a positive thing uh, for Ferrari. Uh, but it definitely seems to be more on the edge. And porpoising, despite the fact that you know it's then going to be less than an issue it hasn't gone away um you know if, if, if you if you alter the setup or the ride too much you're still going to get it so the teams are always going to be concerned about that um, but yeah it, like i said a more interesting day for ferrari certainly not a disaster certainly not sort of shining solid all, all good so far and codders they've got the new boss in frederick Vasseur. it's not his car obviously because he's relatively a new boss to the team but he's already shuffling the pack as it were uh, changing their strategy people around what did you think of Sainz and Leclerc next to each other on the timesheets today how did the red cars look 
uh, Fred brings a certain amount of affability and he's quite jovial during uh, his, his encounters with, with the media. And it was interesting that he, he said, you know, I've, I've, I've only had my feet under the desk for six or seven weeks. So it's, it's early days yet. The, the team seemed pretty solid today. As you say, they've, been, they've executed a change and it was quite surprising to see the head of strategy get moved to a factory-based role. They said that they would undertake a full review. So who knows where, where this move has come from. It's in, in race strategy, um, the, it's a complicated subject and people love to have an easy answer and they, they love to have one person that they can sort of say they made the decision. And obviously when someone's job title is head of strategy, naturally the buck does stop with them. But strategy is about organisation and process and communication and and lots and lots of people individually making these calls based on probability and then feeding that through in an orderly way to the person who then makes the final decision who then communicates it on. So it's a kind of like a like kind of like a posh kitchen in in a Michelin starred restaurant. You know, you have the 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 chef patron's name above the door, and they might be standing at the pass looking at stuff before it goes out to the customer. But all the work is is the result of a team of people doing things. So, in some ways, it's interesting that um, Inaki Ruwaid has been moved sideways. What he's doing at the factory, who knows? It could be that he's going to look up. He's going to take charge of process back in the room full of people that is the engine of, of strategic decision making maybe it was felt that he'd be better off there than on the pit wall so uh, he, he also he seemed to have in in the restructure of 2021 he had a sort of a combination of sporting director and head of strategy role so it's kind of represents a little bit of an unpicking of some of the management changes done under Mattia Bonotto. So from that point of view, you could say it's Fred Vasseur saying, well, tell you what, why don't we do it this way and move this person a little bit sideways and have them doing something there? It could just be that he's been sent to Siberia in the classic uh, Ferrari way. Who knows? We, we may never see or hear from him again. Now, Alex, you know, you've mentioned... Bouncing, porpoising, Mercedes call them two different things. Uh, however, it looked like the cars weren't suffering compared to 12 months ago. Toto Wolf said that it wasn't performance limiting. And of course, you can get rid of that by just rise, raising the car up, uh, which makes it slower. But so much work over the last 12 months has been done on the floors. And then we're going to be a year of talking about floors, I suspect. Um, not floors, problems, but, you know, the floor of the car. And so underneath it, as it were. Um, Alex. How did you think Mercedes did today? Well, a very, a very solid, actually. You know, uh, as you said, as you said, Martin, you, you allude to the uh, the porpoising and bouncing things being different rather unhelpfully. When I said to Toto Wolff, "Have you seen any porpoising today?" He said, "No bouncing." Now we know that's a different thing when it comes uh, to the suspension. Obviously, on on the W14, both uh, both axles, the suspension has been uh, really heavily uh, reworked. So the fact that it should give a little more uh, uh, play, a little more travel, not be as near rock solid as it was last year, and made things really really tricky uh, for the drivers in terms of you know ride stability. Basically, 
basically looking trackside it looks a lot more planted like we went out to turn 12 mainly to look at what the Ferrari was doing there but the Mercedes didn't look too dramatic at all because Toto did say that was the only time they were really seeing what could be interpreted as sort of like a bouncing or a porpoising or something but again it's hitting that bump going through uh, turn 12 um, but yeah what the other thing with, uh, with, with, with the new Mercedes is that both drivers are quite adamant they're like you know the last car might have been really quite terrible but it was very very reliable again you know they've done 150 odd laps today so that's a very strong start on the reliability front for the Mercedes too well, Cotters, of course, Mercedes have kept their zero side pods design. They didn't throw everything out and say, let's just copy Red Bull, because, of course, if they did, they'd be at least 12 months behind and more from that development race. So they've, they've kept with their design philosophy, but you saw the cars on track today. What did you think of uh, how Lewis Hamilton and George Russell showed today? It looked OK. Uh, they were being a little bit cagey. Um, there were a few moments where the car spent a while in the garage, um, generally speaking, the drivers sort of seemed fairly happy. Toto Wolff in the press conference was was reasonably happy. And as, as you say, he, he confirmed that it wasn't suffering any bouncing. There's there's a bump at the end of the straight, which all the cars were, were striking and, and, and jittering a bit afterwards. And he said there's also a little bit of movement uh, around turn 12. That's the kind of very slightly uphill right-hander that, that where the car builds speed through the corner. So perhaps a, a little bit of movement through there isn't such a bad thing or isn't something that you would actively try to dial out. It's it's something to be expected. And and he, he said it, it wasn't performance limiting. Uh, so um, all, all in all, pretty good. But at the moment, you know, with, with the caveat, again, testing times don't really tell us anything. <laughs> uh, they seem in a better they seem in a better place than they were this time last year for sure. Okay, a couple of quick questions to finish off. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the midfield first of all, then we'll get on to uh, Lance Stroll and how injured or not he is. But uh, Alex, let's talk about the midfield. We asked today Red Bull's Adrian Newey uh, who he thought the competition were. And he said, obviously, Mercedes, Ferrari, and possibly Aston Martin. And so that's not a great result if you are McLaren or Alpine, hoping to rise above the midfield. But how do you see that midfield pack panning out over the next few days? Yes, yeah, certainly a very positive day uh, for Aston Martin in one sense, in that the car looks very fast, Fernando Alonso jumping up the times uh, late on. But also, I think just the, the sense coming out of the team from... Uh, just in terms of relating to the car, they're actually quite bullish. I think that sort of the sense is all oh, they they are confident of making a step, and they were very good in 2022. And certainly going from you know being badly off the pace at the start of the season to be making a lot of progress heading towards the end. So the suggestion is that it's kicked on further, that the design around you know the aero surfaces is uh, is really getting a lot more sophisticated and things like that. So yeah, really do want to keep an eye on Aston Martin. I know we're going to come on potentially to talk about uh, what's going on with uh, with Lance Stroll and Felipe Drukovic later on, but just in terms of the car for the Aston and I think that's something to really, really keep an eye on. Um, Alpine and McLaren, you know, it's sort of it's similar to what they were saying at their launch events. Alpine is confident it can kick on. McLaren a bit more pessimistic and nothing I've seen today, you know, really disputes that. But as I said, because there's been no performance running, it's really hard to say that at the same time. Uh, what I would say is 
will we will we perhaps see the midfield teams switching to something more akin to sort of a glory run? They don't really do the sort of that sort of thing. You know, leave send it out on fumes and do a completely um, fast lap anymore in the, in the in the modern era. But you know, if if you're looking for a, looking for a happy story, maybe one of the teams would be uh, would be would be would be keen to put on some softer tyres or something like that and 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 and, and get some uh, uh, positive coverage that way. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, I think um, Aston looking like the bigger mover or at least confident of being that whether it turns out to be true not sure yet and finally Alex let's talk Aston Martin Uh, today Lance Stroll wasn't in the car because Felipe Drogovic was standing in for Lance Stroll he's had a cycling accident we think it's at least damage to one wrist one well-respected F1 journalist I saw reporting today that he has damaged or broken both wrists that is I must say at the time of recording most certainly not the official line but look, if he was around, he'd be in Bahrain. They'd have put just you know Alonso in the car for the whole day and just let Stroll have the full day tomorrow. So I suspect there's hopefully some updates to come from Aston Martin, and we wish obviously Stroll a quick recovery if he has properly hurt himself on that that uh, that mountain biking accident. But uh, how do you think that Drogovic did today, and how do you think uh, they're going to play the Lance Stroll situation? So let's let, let's start with uh, with Stroll first. Um, the official line coming out of the team is that they they won't even talk about it to discuss his injuries. Although uh, Mike Crack, the team principal, did reveal that it's related to the injuries is related to his uh, his wrist. That's what he's uh, that's what he's damaged in that uh, that mountain biking accident. So. Um, yeah, that's obviously very concerning. You know, in, in these sort of things, you do want to respect someone's pr- uh, privacy, but obviously, it's a it's a key it's a key it's a key thing for the team at this time of year. Um, I think the suggestion that the, the paddock whispers, the paddock rumours are, it is quite severe, and it would be unlikely to see Stroll definitely in testing, and maybe even for the race too. Now, that may not come to pass, but the suggestion from talking to other teams is, yeah, it's looking it's looking not good for seeing Lance Stroll making his 2023 debut on time as planned. Um, the team is supposed to be uh, un- understood to be um, releasing some news tonight about Felipe Djokovic carrying on, if he is going to be carrying on uh, for the rest of the test, or at least taking any more part in the test. Uh, you know, they said that they were taking it almost hour by hour. They would make the decision during the afternoon running. Um, in terms of Felipe Djokovic, yeah, I thought he acquitted himself very well despite the fact not his fault got off to a very unfortunate start there was an electrical gremlin on the Aston triggered a sensor problem and basically shut down the car caused that one red flag of the day so it's interesting you know without that we could have got through the whole day without a single red flag um, you know he's, he seems he seems confident very relaxed he's, he's always he, you know I've interviewed him uh, once for GP Racing Magazine Autosport's uh, sister title at Austin last year after he won the F2 title he's a very relaxed confident guy and he seemed uh, seemed happy enough after he got out of the car he was the only driver in the press conference that actually driven the car so he was able to give a nice bit of insight on that. Well, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Cotters, as well, for both of your analysis on today's podcast, the first of three that we'll make over testing in Bahrain. Thank you very much for listening to the Autosport podcast. We did a launch season. Now we're into testing. Then we'll be into a brand new season of, uh, of the Autosport podcast as we cover every single race weekend and, of course, filling in the bits in between with not just Formula One, but there's plenty of F1 to uh, talk about on this channel. If you are not subscribed on your favourite podcast platform, I'm guessing you are because you're listening to this, but a reminder if you've just discovered us, you can do that very easily. You can follow this uh, channel and get your Autosport podcast for free. Uh, Some would say it's worth every penny that you pay for it. Uh, Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in less than 24 hours time uh, for day two on the podcast. Catch you then.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.